Today on Parent Time, we talk the ancient art of Vietnamese opera, as well as perhaps a little bit about kids' music, as we chat to Cheeky Tunes founder Eleanor Clapham on Benny Asking People Questions. My next guest wrote You and Me, and that's about all you need to know. Uh, it's post possibly one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. The grammar's heard. wrong, right? right? <laughs> What's that? The grammar's wrong, right? The grammar? Yeah, you and me? Should be you and I? I don't know. It's okay. amazing. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't, I, as, if it is incorrect, it should now be the new correct. Yeah, okay. Just based on that song. Basically, the world is awash with kids' music. All genres, all topics, and all manner of motives are covered. However, despite this, still few come from the flaws of having to amuse, entertain, and enliven children lives daily. My next guest is one such person. Her classes have grown steadily in popularity and thankfully it led to her music and her shows getting a broader look in. Her message is for children and children alone and she is someone who believes desperately in the relationship one must foster with the listener and the child in order to have the biggest impact. In short, she is incredibly genuine and joins me here today and I'm talking of course about Eleanor Clapham creator and president and CEO and creator of the song You and Me and uh, of Cheeky Tunes. Hi, Eleanor. Thanks Hello. for joining me today. <laughs> um, got through that one. That was Well a, that done. Was, that, that was a yeah, very was... nice introduction. Oh, my gosh. Um, so obviously I'm going to get you to explain everything about yourself and Cheeky Tunes. But before I get to Cheeky Tunes... You personally, outside of Cheeky Tunes, have had quite a fascinating history. Yeah, well. Can you <laughs> sum it up in like three minutes? Okay. Because I know you've um, got, well, I'm more, I'm more referencing about the... Vietnam? Um, the, yeah, the yeah. opera. I mean, you're the only... Okay, so, so far my title for that whole thing is the only non-Vietnamese person to study and perform Vietnamese opera. It's probably reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else wanted to. <laughs> Were they put off or just? Well, I mean, it's. In, it, I mean, one thing is it's incredibly hard. It took a huge amount of, of study, and um, you know, it's an, it's it's a traditional art form. So the audience is. Yeah. Um, it's not the same as kids' music. Yeah, <laughs> That's for I mean, sure. when you started, is it was? It, I mean, that must have been a pretty tricky area to find yourself in and was, be pretty harshly judged. It was an amazing adventure, and I'm so glad that I had it. So I'll tell you quickly what happened. Yeah, I, we've got I was at university. So okay, tell cool. me, so take as long as you want. <laughs> well, I was I was at university doing performing arts, and I had, I had this particular course. They just constantly tell you how much you're not likely to make it as a performer. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and you should probably do a double but degree. Very happy to take your money. Yeah, very happy to take your money. <laughs> and so, like, we, we, I went through the whole time thinking, like, what am I I going to do that's going to make me different to the thousand other students mm. who are graduating from um, different courses, you know, across the country. Yeah. And um, and I was lucky enough that um, a man, his name was Bing, came to our university and he did a little demonstration um, about the art form of Duong. And it's kind of like a combination of the Chinese opera and traditional um Vietnamese folk songs and a kind of mime, very, very stylistic. And it was just, it was, it absolutely blew me away. He did this little piece about a man who takes a basket and um, turns it into a boat and goes across mm. the river. And when I watched that, I was like, I'm going to go and study that. 
And um, this was in Australia. I was in Australia, yep. University of Wollongong, and so I approached um, and then because um, that seemed like a pretty natural step. Natural step. From Wollongong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and first, I, would pro- I, pro- I approached the director of the um, Performing Arts um, University in in Hanoi, and the first question he's like, he said, was, "How good is your Vietnamese?" Hang on, you actually just basically went straight to you found a school in Vietnam, basically. Oh, uh, uh, actually, the, the director also was doing his PhD right. at Wollongong, okay. so it wasn't as like I wasn't like <laughs> just Google Googled, you know, yeah. <laughs> University of Wollongong, no problem. Yeah, good universities, good, good, uh, yeah. Yeah, good, yeah, the best the one, the best one <laughs> in Vietnam. <laughs> I'm not going to any Drake's playlist in Vietnam. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I speak to him, I said I'd like to go and study. And he, yeah, he said, well, how, we, how are you going to do that? Because none of the teachers are going to speak any English. And so I was it's like, oh, no problem, point. I'll just learn Vietnamese. And so I went to um, a bookstore and I found a um, Teach Yourself Vietnamese kit. <laughs> And um, started listening to the back then it was CDs <laughs> back in the day. Oh, that's a helicopter. That's right. right yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> coming to get me. Yeah. Can we get these CDs back? It's a library. <laughs> the it's a library. Can we go? Ah, yeah. We forgot about you, but there's so many you people listening to these forgot. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to get me into trouble. <laughs> Little baby doll, small and cute and sweet. I am gently, gently, gently rocking you to sleep. Rock. So I went and I listened to the CDs. I listened. Um, I started. Um, you know, I was I was very very diligent. Um, um, student. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like to do that in order to go and then study in Vietnam is not yeah. a... Yeah. What you do is you buy your ticket first and then you go, all right, I've got three months. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to learn um, an Asian language with wow. tones. And and so, yeah, so that's not... what I did. And so... Um, um, <laughs> sounds crazy. It was crazy. Um, and so then um, the professor who organised a homestay where I could stay with um, the teacher and she organised for me to, so I was living with her and um, she had people come to my house, um, different um, teachers come to my house and her house (laughs) where I was staying to teach me. Um, so when I arrived in Hanoi, I was like, I can speak Vietnamese. No worries. <laughs> this will be fine. <laughs> and so the first thing I said when um, uh, so the professor's niece came to, to pick me up from the, in, from the airport. And the first thing I said to her was, hello, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I get a coffee? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, uh, hello, girl. <laughs> in Vietnamese, I mean. So, uh, and then, like one of the first things I, I said to my, you know, teacher when I got to her house was, I gave birth to five pigs. <laughs> and everyone's just looking at me like, I'm going to say, teacher to sing. Vietnamese just then, or is this she Russian, or what is this? <laughs> so I very quickly wow. realised that I didn't speak Vietnamese. Rocking you to sleep. Rocking you. So I stayed there for the first lot was it was supposed to be three months and I ended up staying for about four months and it was an amazing learning curve because the first thing I realized was okay I need to improve my Vietnamese, Vietnamese really yeah. really quickly <laughs> because my first lesson was just like 
I, the teacher came in and I, I was, you know, I was paying for lessons, but I could tell her frustration of like, <laughs> she doesn't even understand when I'm saying, do, do you understand? <laughs> like, it was, it was so shocking. Like it was so, I wanted to die. <laughs> like, cause yeah. I paid, I'm, I'm here. My teacher thinks I'm an idiot um, and I am an idiot and I can't understand a word anyone's saying. <laughs> so I locked myself in the room with these like cards and I just like drilled wow. myself like for a good two weeks. I'm, I'm the poor lady I was living with. She used to come in with food and ask me, are you sad? <laughs> and like, I, and when I started to understand that she was asking me, are you sad? I felt really happy. I was like, no, I am <laughs> no, not sad. I'm I just know what trying. You mean. Yeah. <laughs> And so after about two weeks of really drilling myself, I got to the point where I could actually communicate enough to at least tell the teacher, no, I don't understand. <laughs> and no, I can't wow. remember these steps. And, um, uh, and back then that we didn't have iPhones. I had like mm. a camera that I used you to- You had CDs. Um, yeah, we had CDs. I had this really <laughs> advanced like contraption where I, I could take a video of my teacher performing. Nowadays, you just use your iPhone, yeah, but yeah. I, I used to film her and then I would plug it into my computer and then like, it would take about 30 minutes to you know t transfer over to the computer and then I would watch her over and over again. Wow. And, um, and, and eventually I was such a diligent student because like, I, you know, I was there, I had nothing else to do. I had no friends, yeah. I couldn't speak to anyone. So I was gonna learn this yeah. art form. And so after, after about a week, she started to, respect me yeah. she's like all right she she's her vietnamese is improving well, I was she's gonna learned say, everything that i've taught the, her the, surely they're watching the efforts you're going yeah. to just gives you cred right there because i then. thought she was going to say I'm, I'm not doing this it's not worth mm. my time but after a few weeks she was like all right this girl mm. she's really trying her best and then slowly i started to get more and more teachers come in and teach me different things mm. and it was um uh, I had these wonderful relationships with these different amazing um, teachers and I got to the point where I could really have a deep meaning conversation about you know what why do you like this thong so much and yeah, like right. um, why are you here and what are you trying to do which here? I think because they always say that the trickiest thing um, and when I say they because I've had no experience of it <laughs> but they always say when you learn a second language, the most frustrating thing is not being able to get deep and philosophical about something. Yeah, yeah, right. And if you're specifically there and using that language in order to convey how you feel about an art form, yeah, that's that's incredibly stifling to not have language on your side. Yeah, and yeah, frustrating, exactly. I imagine, for everyone in the room. Yeah, and the amount of times that the teacher, I could hear the teacher speaking to my homestay mother. And I could say, see that, that I could hear little bits of it, like, she doesn't do it. She's, she's just, sad. She's, so, she's sad. She's, and the, the, my mother, my, my homestay mother was just like, well, just speak slowly. I could hear it. I understood that. Like, just, like, just say it again. Just like, it was, um, and I, I'm so glad this woman, um, I still have a very good relationship with mm. this woman. Later on, she became my, my actual teacher for a different art form, Chao. So first I did Thuong and then I mm. came back for another year to study another art form. Right, okay. Um, so. Well, it must be incredibly addictive. I mean, I think, I think as, a, as yeah. a musician or any performer, you spend, you know, you quite early on in your life, you engage with everything and get your hands on and then to find yourself in an art form that you really have no experience yeah, in, everything's right. just new and, you know, I mean, it must be, yeah. <laughs>
Like I, I imagine there's a, there's a combination of you doing it there for yourself because you're fascinated, but the point when they turn over and say, you know what, we think you should perform this. Yes, right. That must be, I don't know, is that heartwarming? Is that overwhelming? It was overwhelming. Yeah. Because what happened was that I, I studied for three months and then all of a sudden I had television um, stations calling me and doing interviews and uh, because they wanted to know about this girl, that this, this Australian girl who could now speak Vietnamese and could and was performing this uh, this art form that even Vietnamese students found difficult and wow. that I and you know just <laughs> I appeared to be doing very well at it like I was yeah. pronouncing but you had no idea she had no idea what everyone was saying oh no I could understand <laughs> by that point I was almost fluent by the end I was almost fluent in Vietnamese because um I had no I had no choice yeah. and I was so lonely without the language like yeah. I was so isolated um, so then what happened was I was on, I was interviewed on TV. I was, um, wow. I was on the radio, I was on newspapers. I could see myself on the front cover of newspapers in Vietnam. It was like, it was insane. And then I decided to come back for another year. And then at the end of that year, after studying. Cause Kale, you came back to Australia and found that you weren't on the front cover of any that's paper. Right. Yeah. I came <laughs> I'm back going back I, to I Vietnam. I was working in a restaurant <laughs> and like, and like one television station. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who I am? <laughs> and the only, the only people who cared who I was were the kitchen hands in, in the back of the restaurant who were Vietnamese. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, so I wanted to get back there as yeah, quickly as possible. Of so then at the end of the second year, I did a performance at the Hanoi Opera House, a one-woman show, um, which My was Lord. just in, insane. And it was covered on television. And it was, really? I had, um, I, it was like, I was like a fake celebrity <laughs> by the end of it. That's and I think, think they're that, all fake, aren't they? Yeah, they're all fake. But Delete I was that. like a real fake yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like proper types, fake. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it was overwhelming. Um, and I think that I wasn't prepared for it. Like, I came with really... Um, really pure intentions and then mm. like all of this intention i think all of this attention yeah kind of um went to my head a bit and i started to kind of and <laughs> rightly so you know what i mean i think that's the other thing i mean you 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 had worked pretty hard for it so yeah I mean, right any attention's kind of like yeah, actually you know what yeah yeah i do i've worked hard for this Ở bên Úc người đầu tiên là Nguyễn Đình Thi và và thầy ấy đạo diễn một vở thử thức cặp tiên nhưng mà à, tất cả diễn viên là người Úc sử dụng à, nghệ thuật à, kỹ kỹ thuật của nghệ, nghệ thuật truyền, truyền thống của Việt Nam đặc biệt là là trèo. I wanted at first I wanted to be a movie star and nope. then I wanted to be um, a musical theater performer and then I wanted to be like a pop star. And none of those things ever happened. <laughs> oh, it sounds pretty close. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, mean you, I, don't, I would argue that perhaps okay, maybe I for just a fleeting combined, moment I combined there, them all. Yeah, I think for a fleeting <laughs> moment, you, you sounds like you were a pop star. <laughs> all right, so I'm guessing there's a lot of other things in your life that are just as exciting, but that's pretty good. So I'm okay, going to leave it there because that's pretty awesome. And that's generally what I was hinting at because I knew okay. a bit of that story. So I, I was going through the website the other day, the Cheeky Tunes website. And there was this really beautiful story that you talk about the start of Cheeky Tunes and yep. you talked about your son loving the Wiggles and there's this really lovely quote you said, so naturally I took him to a live Wiggles concert. We went to the ANZ Stadium and a thousand kids are in the audience. Halfway through the show my son turned to me and he said, I want to go home. When I asked him why, he said he wanted to watch the Wiggles at home. And you, you go on to say in his three-year-old mind he had a relationship with them. Yep. I get the sense that that 
idea of the immediacy and the relationship you have with the person in the audience has been a driving force between everything you've done in Cheeky Tunes? Yes, completely. Absolutely. So why... Well, how did you then get to the step? Like from there, you said that you decided to make cheeky tunes, but you know, can you give us a little bit more background to that? So yeah, my my son was crazy for the Wiggles, mm. um, and you know, I used to used to go to play groups and things with him, and the, his favorite thing was always music time. Mm. And um, when they were doing music time, I was this crazy mum that was like on the side singing louder than the lady. Um, he was he was running it and I was I was you know sort of pushing her to the side and so eventually at the play group where where I was at um this particular lady asked very nicely would would you you like to take over (laughs) and I was like yes I've got I've got some notes (laughs) and so I started taking over music time at play group yeah and um, very quickly I realised that kids like to have something to do. Yeah. Like they like to sing songs that they know, but they like to have instruments to play mm. or um, costumes to put on or um, any sort of thing mm. that, that helps them to really be um, holistically involved mm. in the activity. And so um, I started to introduce things like, um, you know, drums and um, streamers. And I, found, and I got to the point where every song has a prop. And that every child is involved, so that the stars of the of the quote unquote show mm. are the children. It's yep. not a, for me. It's not supposed to be about the person up on stage and how great they are at singing and um, idolizing them, but more about the children, like learning and loving music and having a great relationship with um, the person who's guiding it. And was that? I mean, if, again, if you compare it to being in uh, an opera house doing a one-woman show, which is about literally your voice and you showing everyone in the room how good yeah. you are at something. Yeah, right. <clears throat> did it was, it, was it an instantly gratifying thing to be in a room then with people that you had to share the performance with? Yeah, I think, I think for, as a performer, I don't know if other performers go through this, but my ego um, really got in the way of me um, really enjoying the performance. So I was so worried about, yeah, right. am I doing well? Am I you know, doing it right? Is mm. my voice in tune? Which is, usually it isn't. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, um, I don't know a lot about singing. But <laughs> <laughs> the bits I do know is being in tune is pretty Yeah, good. it's pretty important. <laughs> yeah, right. Depending on the song. I mean, I, you know, I tend to write songs based around not needing to be in tune. Yeah, right. Yes, if you can speak it or <laughs> if you can. It's, it's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, so that really killed my love of performing um, yeah. because I felt like it was so much about me being worried about what people thought. And that's why I love Cheeky Tunes so much is that it's, it's really about the experience for everybody in the room. Mm. And since I've, um, I've started thinking of it that way as something I can give as opposed to look at me... Um, I've started singing better and performing better, and it's yep. um, uh, and it, the whole experience is just improved. Well, I, again, I mean, it is, it is a, it's an almost a total photo negative of, of of the opera singing. I mean, the opera singing is yeah. is precision. It's it's showcasing. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's um, it's very sensible and very important. Yeah, right. Yeah, Whereas serious. kids is everything's it's complete it's opposite, a complete yeah. opposite to all of that. Yeah, completely. Um, was it, was it, I mean, obviously, like most children's musicians, they find themselves having children and they move into that world. Did you find yourself in a fairly immediate affinity with it 
like, did you do that show, or not that show, did that class where you, from what I can tell, you bullied your way in? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) After you did that, did you just, did something in your head go, oh, this is actually really... This is great. This is what I. This, yeah. I think this is what I want to yeah. do. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I realized. Um, yeah, this, this is all I've ever really wanted to do. And as a performer, yeah. or as someone who's pursued some sort of artistic outlet, was that quite calming? Is that quite absolutely? Yeah, very calming. Because I, I did go through a stage where I was like, I don't want to perform at all anymore mm. because I just felt like every time I got on the stage, it was an awful experience mm. of. Um, yeah, it wasn't uh, the whatever it was that that uh, attracted me to um, performing. I'd kind of lost in um, in my pursuit of being, you know, amazing. Mm. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. If you see a crocodile, don't forget to scream. You started Cheeky Tunes, you essentially just went, okay, I'm going to write a bunch of songs or I'm going to do a bunch of pamphlets or what What? What did you... There's a difference between deciding you're going to do something and then all of a sudden having yeah. a room with a PA and a bunch of people turn up. Yeah, right. Um, like I, Cheeky Tunes has, has evolved over the last sort of two years. But first, I, what I wanted to do was create this kind of um, a type of franchise where I was going to uh, have other people uh, kind of like a, a kinder music kind of mm. thing that other people would, um, I would train them, other people to do it, and they would do it to parents. And um, I had a business structure of how, it was, going, how I was going to sell tickets mm. and um, so I did a whole year worth of um, performing in all of these different places mm. and trying to build my audience and try to um, bring on people. And then I realized that my business model just didn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's a sad moment when you realize like, you know, um, after eight performances in a week that um, doesn't matter how many I do, this business model isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and so it wasn't worth my while to come back every week. And so slowly I started to train somebody else to do it yep. in childcare for yep. me every week. Yep. And the way that I, I feel that I've, um, I've dealt with that issue is that can someone do it as well as me? It's to it's to let the monkey, the animated monkey, oh, yes, kind of, of guide the yeah. show, and um, uh, I mean, also I just have to be very careful about who I choose yeah. and if they understand about the philosophy of sure. cheeky, cheeky tunes. What's silky and milky and totally yum? My favorite beverage to have with my mum. We go to. So you start the classes. They're doing pretty well they start getting bigger and you've obviously already got a bunch of music recorded yep. for the shows um because it's been going for several years now That's, uh two one and a half two years yeah because yeah. it feels like in recently you've you've come more in the into i guess in the foreground outside of the Cheeky Tunes classes. So yep. you're now doing, like, I guess, performances that just oh, out yeah, at festivals getting, and things yeah, like right. that. Yeah, right, yeah. Has that adjusted much how you do stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually. Because, I mean, like you said, uh, um, you know, the engagement with just those couple mm. of kids, 
I was doing that very well in my own space um, where people coming coming in and I knew, knew them by name personally and it was kind of like a show and a class at the yeah. same time. And then when I started to get invited to do bigger events like, um, like the children's Christmas mm. party, I was, um, because I do use a lot of props, um, I was not sure how I was going to marry yeah. um, using lots of props and having a big audience. And the first time I did it, it was hilarious because I gave out all of these props and then they just left and they took them. And I was like, no, 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 you got to give them back. It's, this isn't a giveaway. And I was like, my husband was like going through the audience getting monkey ears back. And so that was, um, so that was the first time. And then the second time I did it, I, um, I, I found a way to, I invited people to come up on stage and use the props and then um, and then they would leave yeah, before, the props before on you the stage. The, you had and a bouncer. Back. Before you get off the stage, you're going to leave all your <laughs> yeah, stuff That's right. Fill the sky. I love the moon. Bubble so much fun. Bubble, bubble, let's pop some bubbles, everyone. I want to just jump to the album now. Okay. So the album is is an album a result of you going, I've got all this stuff, I should release an album? Or is the real album was always around and was part of the Cheeky Tunes shows, like you come to the show, uh, come to the class and you can buy an album? Or... You know, it's one of those things that you go, I've been running these things for a year and a half now. I've got all these songs built up. I'm going to collate them and put them together for an album. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, so the songs I've always, I wrote the songs to do in the Cheeky Tunes yep. sessions and I wanted like, them to be original songs. And mm. um, and then the album just came about because people said, keep saying, how can I download your album? And I was like, I don't have an album. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. all right, I'll put one together then. Use your then. phone and record yeah. it while you're here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I had everything up on SoundCloud and I was getting yeah. lots of, um, I, I think I got about, I, I don't know, lots of, lots of mm. um, plays and downloads. Um, but it was really there for people to listen to it outside of the, the class or the, the performance. Yep. Um, yeah, and so I, I, and then somebody told me, why isn't it on Spotify? And I was like, well, I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> so, because it's not right. Because it's not all right. Do not? Spotify. You're not on Spotify. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with the, so with the album, it was obviously so. The only reason I ask is I'm going to delve into the musicality of okay. it. Okay. Is, is that an actual word? Musicality, or is I it use that word a lot. Yeah. Good. Great. But I mean, I'm my grammar's a, terrible. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> um, so. The songs weren't necessarily all recorded in one bunch together over two days or whatever. It was like, a, okay, okay, I need a song about this. I did that. And then it was just a matter of going, that one, that one, that one, that one, all goes together for an album. Or did you go, okay, I'm going to sit down and re-record all of these to release them specifically as a, as a group? Um, <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> so I think every musician has that sort of like, um, that, that, a sort of a seesaw of should I get someone really professional to do it and spend lots and lots of money mm-hmm. or should I do it myself and um, see how we go. Um, so I compiled all those songs like over time. Yep. Um, I My first experience when I first get, got started, I asked somebody to produce one of my songs for me yep. and I was so unhappy with it. Um, yeah, right. and, um, and I was also like, I didn't, 
I could, you can only go back to someone so many times to say, can you change this, change that? Like, you just can't really yeah, totally. change any couple of things. Because soon they start paying, uh, charging for every time you ask. You're like, oh, yeah, that too, I guess. <laughs> but, like, I, I guess as a musician as well, like, I, I felt like, you know, we're mm. just not the same types of musicians. Yeah, sure, and, sure. Um, no, I, no, no amount of little changes is going to make yeah, me love yeah, this yeah. song anymore. Yep. And so, um, and I've had experiences in the past where I've spent lots of money, where people mm. have sort of taken the song and done what they wanted with it, and I, I and I didn't, I just it didn't gel. Totally, with me. yeah, yeah, I understand. You so, I mean? uh, so instead, I just decided to start watching um, YouTube videos and how to use Logic, and and I produced all the songs myself with. Um, MIDI file. Yes, which which I could tell, which I was going to ask. You tell. <laughs> uh, well, not going to tell, but like you can, there's, you know, like a, as a as a musician, you can you can pick certain things. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you do you do you see yourself wanting the the luxury and the opportunity to sit down with a full band to do the songs rather than relying on doing it all yourself? Is that something you feel more comfortable with, or I mean, some people would rather just sit in a room and do it. Yeah, right. I guess there's part of me that's kind of like wanting to prove to everyone you don't need to do live instruments. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. I, who, who programmed the drums? Did the you? drums? Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, it's, okay. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh, it's been a big learning curve. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, from the from when I first started, the first couple of things I did, like the drums were kind of like boom, yeah. boom, like yep. and had a, oh yeah, like. But yeah, it's been, a, it's been, I mean, I've always been like that. I, I, I want to like learn something really complicated and um, just delve into it. Um, well, I guess that's the thing about having live players as well, isn't it? You can really, well, actually, maybe not. I was going to say you can kind of, you know, expand what the possibilities are. But then I guess actually when you're doing it in, in, inside the box, in the, in the programs, it's kind of endless, really. Yeah, actually, I prefer having that, that whole... Uh, control over I mean I know some people have made comments about you can tell they're not live instruments mm. um, and I guess from a you know um, a musician's point of view um, some people don't like that but I think that's a sound I think people yeah. get in the habit of kind of going oh but it's not real and you kind of go well it's still music yeah. like it's not I don't think I don't think you're trying to kid anyone that that thing's not a real a piano real or not a real yeah <laughs> but I mean I think that's that's the part of it. Really. Yeah, I mean, I, I it, it'd be nice to sit around with a bunch of musicians mm. and see what how we could bring this thing to life. But I've really enjoyed just having mm. the command over the entire song myself, and um, you know, oh, I think that p bring a couple of strings in here and some a bit more of a piano yeah. piece in there. And you and me are two little fishies swimming in a pond. We swim around and around and. Around. On Grandma, I did a collaboration with hip hop artists. Yeah, right. Um, you can kind of hear that. Yeah. And then Maya Narber, I was obviously yeah. a, a collaboration with Maddie Doyle with mm. the original um, performer. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually found tricks on Grandma. Um, it was it was surprisingly really complex. Like I listened to all the just the little. Um, the he he he's and everything yeah, and right. it's all just so like it almost feels like that song 
that song in particular, it almost feels like it just sort of fell out of you and you just kind of went, oh, just do everything and just see yeah, what happens. Yeah, it is a mishmash, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was beautiful. I mean, it really works, but I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah, it's very simple and complex at the same yeah. time. Yeah. When you wrote, did you write that, you said that was a collaboration. Was it a musical collaboration or you'd actually written the song first? Um. Well, I'd written all the lyrics yeah. and I had the idea of the melody. So I worked with, um, actually worked with Brian Clapham, um, who he, he's an Aboriginal, um, he's my cousin, but he's also yeah. an Aboriginal um, hip hop artist. Yeah. Um, uh, so we, uh, yeah, I, probably out of anybody, I gave him a little bit more freedom because, um, well, I guess his family. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had to. <laughs> my uncle might have been <laughs> upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but, but I mean, actually, it might have sounded like it might have just fell out, but that was one of the most well thought out ones. I yeah, really right. wanted to have one about playing tricks on grandma because I think the idea, mm. like, it's the idea of um, doing nasty things to grandma is hilarious. Yeah, my daughter <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing. Like, she was just running into the room as I was listening to it, just... Um, telling me all the stuff that you were doing to your grandma. <laughs> she did this. She's a whoopee cushion. I went, yeah, that's pretty funny. And she'd run back out. And then she'd, I'd hear this. Ah, she'd run back out. She did it. Again. I went, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> oh, she good. I'm glad she likes it. But it's quite sinister. Like it's very sinister. Yeah, it? and but even even the melody and like you really sort of go, oh yeah, it's really not okay to do tricks on grandma. But like it's. Um, funny. At, at my shows, the kids love their off. It's the most requested thing. And what we do is we have always someone's mum has to play grandma and then she sits on the chair and yeah. then we all kind of sneak up and then we run back and then we sneak up and run back. And the kids um, kids really love, I mean, adults too, too but to be, um, I like the word cheeky. Like they like mm. to um, be the smartest person in the room. And totally. Smarter than, really smarter nice than the adults. That. Yeah. And um, you give them that little bit of power where they know they're doing something they're not supposed yeah. to, but we're, we're, we're yeah, allowed yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Walking, walking, sneaky, sneaky. Let's do something cheeky, cheeky. Let's go play some tricks on grandma. <laughs> tiptoe, tiptoe, just like ants. Ice cubes down her underpants. We are playing tricks on grandma. <laughs> I think that you can hear that through the whole album, I think, because there's this real, it's it's one of, it's it's what I sort of often refer to as it's a real performance album. I hear a lot of these songs and go, I can see what they would be on stage. Oh, okay. You know, and I know this myself, when you perform the songs in front of a children and then you try to do a recorded version of it, it's often a tricky thing to make that work. And a good example of one that you have is, is the Super Song, which is the last song. And you use children's names. Yeah. And I'm assuming when you do that live, yeah. you just grab children and go hey you know what's your name and let's do that and yeah. I find that with a lot of the album I find uh, with a lot yeah. of your album I go this is an album that is a performer's album ah um, yeah because you... I wrote all of the songs with first I thought about the activity mm. and then I thought a song around it mm. so the super song is we put on superhero costumes and we get a chance to say our names mm. um yeah actually that, that wow that you noticed that. That's were cool. you? You clearly weren't very conscious of that when you were recording. You were more or less recording something for playback while you were on stage. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was. But yeah, that's exactly right. So, so this we're we're probably talking about stuff that was recorded about a year ago, year and a half ago. Some of it. Yeah, I think some of it might need a rework. Well, I was going to say, are you where are you at with? Because you've now had that chance to do that first album and reflect upon it and look back on it. Yeah. Are you? looking to do a new one yeah i've got a whole bunch of other songs that um that uh they're up on youtube and they're Mm. um but they haven't been just put together in a kind of like the neat little album yeah sure um yeah so i've got songs about like the uh, floor is lava activity and um, yeah sure uh yeah i've got i got actually uh yeah heaps (laughs) Super, super hero Flying through the sky Super, super hero He can fly so high Flying high, flying low Fly so far, watch him go Super, super hero Flying through the sky Super, super monkey Flying through the sky Super, super monkey He can fly so high I love your questions. This is a major well, ego that's trip. that's good. I'm glad because it would, <laughs> One it that would I'm suck quite a lot if you were <laughs> like, going, oh, my God, what's he going to leave? Um, one thing I really loved about your music and the album was that song for song, I really didn't quite know what was going to happen with the melody, with the timings and the, and, and the way they would just – it was very non-traditional from – my Western perspective of music, and I wonder how much of your time in Vietnam and the and the music you studied there, how much of an impact or influence it has over what you write. Well, I, I know definitely the the lullaby song, the um, baby doll song. Um, I've taken um, there's a there's a particular um, melody that is in almost all of the Vietnamese. Um, lullabies mm. and it sort of goes like ah so I that one um, has definitely influenced the the baby doll song that mm. I that I wrote um, I think that that one probably most so um, now I'm trying to think do any of them is, it, is it like like tonal steps as well that are quite the, the semi the, the the quarter tone yeah I mean because yeah. there's a bit of that going on as well that was I might just be out of tune <laughs> yeah. yeah is it a real Vietnamese opera thing to no, be no, no. out of tune in everything because <laughs> I picked up a lot of that <laughs> no 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 you know that was intentional yeah. every time totally, yeah <laughs> um no, but you can hear it. And I think that's one of the aspects that's really beautiful about the whole album is that it, it, it kind of felt new. A lot of the songs just felt really, they were really exciting to listen to because I just wasn't wasn't in my kid music comfort zone, I oh, guess, good. is probably that's a better way my, of putting it. I want it. you out of your kid com- music comfort I definitely yes. didn't want it to sound to like kids' com- music. And it's oh. pretty hard to get comfortable in, in <laughs> around children. <laughs> you got to be on your toes. So, you know, well done. Thank you. Silly, 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 silly. Silly, 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 silly. Silly, 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 silly. Silly, silly, silly. 
I do want to ask about Matt Doyle, actually, because um, he's obviously a bit of a legend and you collaborated with him on this song, Naya Naba. Yeah. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Um, how did that come about and what's... I know you've been doing a lot more work with him. What's... Is there... What's the... What's going on? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I, did, I had the intention of just doing one collaboration to have, like, one... Um, song in Aboriginal language mm. for to go with cheeky tunes, like yep. a, a, like a, along with a whole bunch of mm. other kind of collaborations. Um, but then what happened was after doing that song with Maddie Doyle, he said to me, "Oh, you know, you should take cheeky tunes over to my agent because um, she might just book you with um, you know a whole bunch of shows." And I thought, "Oh, that sounds amazing." Mm. So I went over to the agent and she's, um, and she's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've had a look at Cheeky Tunes and I really like it. And I understand you're from the same, um, you're, you're a descendant of the same Aboriginal tribal group as Maddie Doyle. And do you think that you could create something uh, like Cheeky Tunes, but 100% Aboriginal content? And like an idiot, I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll do that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> done it. Like it's in the car. I'll just yeah, go grab no it. No problem. Like oldest culture in the world and I'll just like create a whole show around it. <laughs> um, I learned Vietnamese in three weeks. Yeah, exactly. How hard could it possibly yeah. be? I'm, yeah, exactly. Oh my god, what just happened? Um, yeah, so this is my thing. I take on I take on huge endeavors. Uh, <laughs> which I'm not gonna do again. This <laughs> is my right. last one. So after that conversation, I was like, okay, great. Just give me a couple of months and I'll get back to you. And it started me on this huge journey. Like it was sort of similar to the whole Vietnamese journey. Mm. I went back on the country and I was connecting with aunties and um, relatives and staying with, um, staying with people and, and um, doing research and learning language. And it was like <laughs> dragging my poor little five-year-old which has actually been a really rich experience for me and my daughter mm. because um it's um it's allowed us to tap into that side mm. of our history is that um you know my my grandmother is aboriginal mm. uh but for the first time i decided to really explore this side and it's been very very challenging so you're more saying, challenging than vietnam so you're saying now it's only been recently that you've really kind of been looking into that is it it's been a relatively new experience for you. Yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always mm. had that connection, mm. um, but I haven't known a lot. Yeah. Like, um, I've just known, you know, where we're from and what my mm. great grandfather's story was. Mm. But as far as like, what are the Morawari people's stories and mm. what, what, um, you know, what, you know, what traditions they yeah. have and what plants did they, you know, yeah, eat sure. and all, just everything. Um, that's been really recent. In the last year, I've been back on country um, five times, yep. and it's an eight-hour um, drive. Mm. Um, and um, and I've been I've been studying dance um, with the Bajan Gold yep. Women's um, uh, Center. Um, so it's been about maybe a year's journey, mm. and since then um, I've come up. And I didn't know what I was going to do with it either, but I knew that I wanted it to be just like Cheeky Tunes mm. that. Um, 
I don't even not even sure why I started doing it because Cheeky Chins was doing so well. Mm. Um, I mean, there's something <laughs> something in our brains that are just like, oh no, nobody, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna yeah. like challenge yourself yeah. a little bit more. This thing's working. Stop that immediately. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Oh, so anyway, I created Cheeky Little Emus. So it's um, yeah, so it's the same concept. Every child gets to do something of everything. So we use instruments, we use emu callers and um, clapsticks and um, musical boomerangs uh, and kangaroo skins for drums and um, and we learn um, Murawari songs and stories using the instrument. And is that a show that will be you will tour or will that be part of Cheeky Tunes services or will it go out to country to different places or what's the intention of that show? Um, so part of this... So of what I've what I've created through Cheeky Emus, I've put straight into Cheeky Tunes. Yep. Um, the things that I think are simple enough for preschool age kids, yep. and then the other things, it's more, it's um, it's catered towards primary school yep. age um, kids, and so I do um, a couple of shows um, a week. Together we are much more strong. As, as a non-Indigenous uh, person, I often feel that there's pressure on Indigenous performers to, it's almost an, expect, an expectation to bring the culture into what you do as an artist. It's almost mm. like it's an unwritten pressure from the non-Aboriginal community to sort of go, oh, well, where's the... Where's your culture in what you do? Yeah, um, right. Obviously, it's it's not fair because I guess as an artist, you just want to express yourself in any way you want to express yourself. Um, do you feel some level of an expectation to make it in part of what you create or what you yeah. do? Yeah. Um, well, number one is that from... Um, from the outside, I've, like from audiences, I've never received that, obviously, mm. because I don't, um, you know, I'm very fair skinned. Um, mm. So I don't uh, strike people as Aboriginal. So I've, um, you know, uh, you know, audience members have never come up to me and say, oh, why don't you do more, yeah. you know, Aboriginal type things. I did get it a bit from my aunties when I was um, in Brewer and I, I performed Cheeky Tunes. And afterwards, they were like, all right. We like it, but number one, how come you don't use Australian animals? Number two, how come you don't have, you know, some Morawari mm. language songs? You've got uh, durable language songs, but not Morawari. So, um, yeah, for, for, like from my own family, yeah. I got it a little bit. And I actually, um, maybe I feel a sense of responsibility. Um, when I went up to the uh, primary school at Willamaringal and I did Cheeky Tunes, this is the Morawari community mm. uh, where every, all the kids there are Morawari kids. Um, and I did cheeky tunes and I did no Aboriginal content. And then afterwards I felt this sort of, uh, I, did, I did feel a sense of like responsibility to those kids to, if I have this skill to create children's music and make mm. it engaging, and they're really desperately wanting to revive their language, yeah. that I, I have something I can contribute um, yeah. to create songs in Morawari language so that they can just practice their own language. There, there are aspects of this album I generally have a real affinity with 
just purely based on the fact that it is such a perf- I can tell it's a performance album I can see instantly how these things work on a stage and I can see how they work with children mm-hmm. which is the most important thing and so for me personally there was a, there was an immediate love with it because I could just it was my world I could I could feel yeah, that right, straight right. away it's very considered and I like that it's very considered and I'm sure you're quite proud of what you've done, but just on the off chance you aren't, <laughs> you should be quite proud of oh, what you've thank done. thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you very much for chatting with me today. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for having me or coming here. <laughs> if you'd like to know more about Eleanor and Cheeky Tunes, then head along to the website at www.cheekytunes.com.au. And, of course, for more Parent Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, Ask People Questions. Wow.